Euh, dites donc, Nadej, euh, comment aviez-vous recruté le nouveau si rapidement la dernière fois Bah, LinkedIn. Ah bon, parce que là, j'ai besoin de toute urgence d'un ingénieur en IA. Alors, où est-ce qu'on peut le trouver Bah, LinkedIn. Mais j'ai pas le temps de voir mille candidats, moi. Comment on va faire Bah, LinkedIn. Bah, 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 bah. Vu l'urgence, vous êtes vraiment confiante, Nadej Bah, oui. Avec 8 personnes recrutées par minute sur LinkedIn, pour tous vos recrutements, il y a, bah, LinkedIn. Pour en savoir plus, rendez-vous sur linkedin.com slash je recrute. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes. As well, if you have a home but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com/host. Half an hour later, baby, those are my broccoli. Twenty Minute Tim's flagship podcast, episode three hundred and eight. I'm your host Jamie, and I'm joined by Melly. Yes, and Stephen. Howdy. Good old flag day, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was. A very impressive display. A thoroughly enjoyable afternoon all round. Sun was it for a bit as Jeez, well? Jeez, was it Sun not? Was it? Yeah. So yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. We'll get into all the details, but. All good things to report so seen, far. Seen Stephen Morton home for the game, a bad guy for Captain America. <laughs> Son was beaten down. Was he called the Red Red Skull or yes, something? Red Skull. I, I, I looked like the the baddie from Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom <laughs> with a red bit painted in the top. Poor of his guy, Melly, a ginger. How did you survive? That's I was alright actually. The old cap on, so I, I, I was smart on Stephen. It was absolutely <laughs> chucking it down when I left the house, and then yeah. you get to the stadium, you're sitting there like, oh my god, this is sweating. And a uh, Celtic put on a tantalising display, but before all that. Martin Melly, uh, there was some cinch business to take care of. Rylan <laughs> on the big screen. Now, we did say last season that we wanted Rylan at the match, presenting the trophy or doing the halftime. He didn't do any of that, but there was a wee, wee video that Callum McGregor looked <laughs> so awkward doing, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to hear it over the tannoys mm. when we were in, but I seen it on uh, Twitter, I think it was. And just good to see Rylan in there after the last season and cinched it boys it was good to get the wee message from it would have been nicer if it was at Celtic Park mm. it was at another stadium wasn't it but it was a good day I mean Celtic got the result but nice weather the display was brilliant hard to tell when you're underneath it yeah. but uh, seeing the pictures on the TV looked absolutely class and nice wee fireworks and then Celtic put on a decent display as well Doesn't, but nobody does a lot as Stephen particularly not in Scotland no you know these not just flag day famously famously yeah. <laughs> aye, not just flag day but any of these sorts of things it's always a wee bit it just feels like we've had so many of those in the past decade or so those flag days you're going up to the stadium the place is absolutely buzzing and then the display comes out and the music and the fireworks and you can smell the pyro and it's like this is this is what it's all about I, I took I took a friend of mine who was over from Canada and he'd not been at a game for a long time and he was he was absolutely buzzing about it is this a guy who always jinxes it? No, or is that a, a different, oh no, that's an American guy, isn't it? Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know, I've sort of found the last couple of times that if you bring someone from out of town to a Celtic game, it sort of jinxes it. So I brought an American <laughs> friend and uh, he jinxed the result. And then the guy in front of me 
brought an Argentinian friend and that jinxed it. And then I thought, God, I'm going to bring this guy from Canada and jinx it. You're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe the atmosphere. It's such a great... It's some drab nothing. It's all that. Yeah, it's it's all that. Oh, you're going to love it, mate. Bring your phone, take plenty of pictures. (laughs) And fuck all happens. It was one of those occasions where I was actually glad to have missed the unfurling of the flag. I saw it back later and Callum McGregor again looked extremely awkward Mm. while doing it. He didn't... Some guy eventually came up and sort of took the wee string off him because he was just standing there holding it like a balloon. (laughs) But I was glad to have missed it entirely because I was under the the absolutely brilliant display. So I couldn't see anything that was going on because I was behind my big bit of green plastic. I hadn't seen that, obviously, until I got up the road and fully was able to take it in with some videos that had been posted on Twitter. And it was absolutely brilliant. Tremendous credit to the the people who who put that together. It looked absolutely brilliant, to be honest. It was was one of those ones that it must be so easy to get something like that wrong because all all it takes is for... Of like 10 people know to get the memo and just to turn up steaming and no lift it up and it looked a bit it would look a bit mm. holy but it was absolutely flawless from, from where I was sitting anyway right that's enough of the Oxbridge pleasantries <laughs> right down to the business of, of beating Aberdeen um, Rangers obviously won and it's going to be that for the rest of the season I think week to week to week we're going to be watching each other's results Rangers got to play first don't know why um, the champions should always kick off the season as far as I'm concerned um, Celtic had to go we had to come up against Aberdeen Aberdeen are a team that have probably got their eye on third, fourth place place so it, it could have been potentially a tricky tie but I thought Aberdeen were pretty flat and ordinary it's difficult to tell Celtic get off to a great start mm. and that's the thing you don't want to happen when you go to Celtic Park because once we get in a lead we're usually very good for it and we don't usually concede I think Ian Crocker said we only conceded three goals in the second half in uh, 2022 so Celtic are looking good but Aberdeen it's hard to tell. It's a new team, so they'll not quite know what they're doing yet. But all right at the back, I thought that boy Colson was good at left back. Yeah. The, their new captain looked as if he headed everything away. But just up front, they're toothless, absolutely toothless. And especially if you've got a guy like Johnny Hayes getting a very good chance and fluffing his lines as usual. It's just nothing up there that really worried me at all. I kind of feel, Stephen, though, with these teams, and it's funny, I was listening to Sports Sound and um, Willie Miller sort of echoed my thoughts a wee bit. You're coming away from the stadium and you're thinking, right, Aberdeen, you're not going to win that game. Um, you might as well play. You might as well take it to Celtic. And I thought some of Celtic's partners I play, they weren't, we, we weren't cutting and thrusting Aberdeen open, particularly after, just after we scored the first goal in the first half. Aberdeen were just, they just weren't at it. And I, I know Celtic were good and we, we grew into the game. There were some spells of really good play, particularly for Matt O'Reilly and I thought Greg Taylor was good. But just to sort of comment on Aberdeen, part of me just wishes they would come and have a go. You're no, you've left with no points anyway. Yeah. It's the first game of the season. It's a, basically a gimme. We moaning that teams won't just simply open up and let us play through them. <laughs> no, <laughs> take the game to us. Yeah, that, that's that, those are the two choices you have when you turn up to a game like this. If we accept that... It's hard to judge Aberdeen on that game. I think they'll clearly have easier games to mm. negotiate. I think it's a tough task to turn up on flag day. And I think Jim Goodwin, I nearly said Jim O'Brien there. It's mm, not him, it's the no. other one. It's the other former Celtic uh, youth player. Jim Goodwin actually said that. He said it's like turning up on flag day. All the fans are obviously up for it. It's a difficult, a difficult game to negotiate that kind of thing. So if you accept that they're not probably going to win, it's a tough task to do that. You really have two choices you can either try and spoil the party a wee bit, which mm. they looked like they tried to do, or you can play and get the same result anyway. So I, I do agree that you would rather see teams go down at least 
giving Aye. Celtic some tr- some trouble. But to be honest, I think Plus Aberdeen... Plus, sorry to interrupt, but does no give them a bit of confidence? So see their managers teaching them this way to play all season, right? We're going to be on the front foot. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to take the game to teams. We want to play. We want to get involved. And all, as all that all that part of the managers give it. And then the first game of the season, we're, like, we're, not, we're not playing it here. See if he just... Sometimes I think if a manager just says to his players, you know, I trust you. Go out and play what we've been working on. Go out and play the way that I want you. A bit like Ange did. Do you know, go out and play yeah. the way that I want you to play all season. Ah, you might lose, but we're learning something here and we might make a show of us. You know, teams come in against Celtic and teams will come in against Celtic and we're going to pump somebody 5 or 6-0. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be doing the same thing. They'll be trying to contain, but they're still going to get pumped five 0 anyway. Yeah, I think I've often wondered that about Scottish football because a lot of teams turn up to Celtic Park and play like that. And I think like, it must be utterly demoralising to play mm. for Livingston because no one gets into football to try and play like that. You all think <laughs> you're going to emulate Ronaldinho or something like that. Right? Yeah. You all think it's going to be free flowing Barcelona at their peak. That's that's the kind of thing that would get you into football. No one turns up to to be like a a, a wrecking machine at, at the the home of your your kind of the biggest club in the country. But with that, I mean, I think Aberdeen will be will be better than that. I think that I just I don't think they would have budgeted for trying to get points from that game. In a way, I'm kind of glad that Aberdeen did play like that because I think it's a it was a, a test for Celtic. Celtic mm-hmm. had to be patient. They had to be strong. They had to fight for a win. They got the early goal, yes. And at that point, it seemed like it was only a matter of time before they would get the second. But you never know what can happen. You never know. But that's why we watch football, after all. Mm. It's going to be unpredictable. But I'd rather have had a, a hard-fought 2-0 win to kick off the season than just going out and smashing somebody 6-0. Because I don't know if you necessarily learn in from that. Obviously, I'd rather watch that. But having been tested and still coming away with the win I think it can only be a good thing especially as it's the the first competitive game of the season which is rare for Celtic because mm. we've often you know, had a, a bit of a lesson off some European minnows by then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the having no games is a bit strange at this point mm. in the season but like Aberdeen thought they could have done a lot better maybe they've just not got the players to do that but mm. if they're wanting to go and finish third you want to see more from them don't you you want to see how they can go out but at the same time Celtic are very difficult to play against because we play so well and the numbers we get when we overload with the way we play. So you can see it is difficult for them, but are you still going to take this stance when Celtic go into the Champions League? Like, just go at it. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I tried that last season and I think that's the way Ange is probably going to play anyway. He's made, yeah. he's, made, he's made that pretty clear, so I'm just going to have to make my piece with it. Uh, first goal came through Stephen Welsh. So that's Stephen Welsh now started the game, scored second choice centre-half. Oh, it's a... T- I thought taking away the goal but played well I yeah. thought he played well he's just not as good as Starfield but doesn't mean he's a bad player at all he's a very good centre half for Celtic again I don't see him making many mistakes I think he passes the ball well he tries to make a lot of passes because it may mainly be him that's left on the ball out the centre half so I think he done well I think it, these are the games you've got Stephen Welsh for and if he needs to come in and perform Great. He always does. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're not looking at it now going, we need to rush back Starfelt or we need to get Jens in. Stephen Welsh deserves to keep his place right now and I'm happy to see him in there. With that goal as well, I think he pretty much cemented his place as the greatest aerial threat in the opposition box we have in the squad, with the exception of Julian, who got mm. a few goals as well. He's, set pieces, certainly. Yeah. But he's. Little Jackie Marcus, isn't it? Jack, yeah. Jackie Marcus. Can you Marcus. go stand in there? Uh, because that, that's, um, that's Welsh's fifth goal for Celtic. What's that? I was quite surprised that yeah. you, you can't really remember that many but I remember it's because of that season we've blocked out <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he's got five goals now all with his head Carter Vickers got four last season none with his head 
He, oh, hasn't, wow. yeah. he hasn't scored a headed goal for Celtic yet. So he is good in the air and he does carry a threat. Starfoot hasn't scored at all and Julian is absolutely nowhere near the, the, mm. the squad. Yakimak is slightly different because he's a he's a big centre forward. But if you're going to have... We often bemoan the lack of height in the team because, you know, Beaton's gone, Rogic is gone now and all that. But Stephen Welsh is a, definitely a handful. It's nice this, isn't it? Like, all last season we bemoaned the fact that Celtic don't score from corners two minutes into the first game of the season yeah. great delivery from O'Reilly in there with the left peg and I love seeing headers like that just angled the into glance. the corner mm, yeah. ah, it's just great and it's not as if it was a free header he did have to do a bit of use a bit of his strength to get up there so it was a great header from the boy Matt O'Reilly's corner was terrific but Matt O'Reilly's performance all day was sensational He's a very nice player to watch, isn't he? For, for more than one reason, <laughs> let, let's say a, a very popular uh, player with, uh, with the ladies out there now, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> but uh, uh, he's, he's a very elegant player to watch. I think he's, he's only going to get better. There's been a lot of people saying that, you know, we haven't replaced Tom Rogic yet. Mm. Uh, maybe not, but kind of, if, if he's going to play most games, then we kind of have. Like, there's no such... Players are always replaced. They're just not always replaced like for like. Yeah. You would have to say this is literally the replacement for Tom Rogic if a player came in in order to to stop that being said. Ives did say that about him, didn't they? Yeah, but if, if Matt O'Reilly is playing now in that position, then in effect we have, just because we haven't signed one after Tom Rogic has, has left the club, yeah. doesn't mean that Matt O'Reilly isn't the kind of natural successor. And he doesn't have to be the same type of player because very few people are. That we haven't really, you could make an argument for loads and loads of players over the years that we haven't replaced directly like for like, but Celtic have managed to stay successful yeah. that entire time. Yeah. So you, it's not always a like for like case. I thought O'Reilly as well, what I've noticed this season, well, pre season in this game, he's, he's making more chances for himself. He's mm. getting into more dangerous areas for me because he only got a he got a couple of goals in the, towards the end of the season, but before that, he'd what the one deflected one against Aberdeen at Pataudry. And you're looking at Tom Rogic leaving, going, right, we need to see somebody who's going to create and score goals. And O'Reilly looks like he's doing that. He's called, uh, crossed it in for Welsh, and then he'd a good crossover for Kyogo, who missed at the back post. And he'd a shot that rebounds, and then Hitati doesn't get a penalty. So he's getting into these positions, and it's good to see he has a really good player it's nice to see a guy like that with a good left peg on him you think we're going to struggle to hold on to him not this season but long term eventually yeah I mm. think that's the reality we're in with most of the emerging young players at Celtic Celtic are in a good position though we've got a lot of these guys tied down on long term contracts so it's not like there's any urgency to get rid of any of these mm. guys we don't have to sell one of them but it's always it's it's always a danger if, if he continues this on this trajectory that he's on Hopefully not this season or or even next season, but once he gets to like 22, 23 and, and maybe a full Danish cap by then, potentially, aye, big clubs are going to come in for him. I don't know about any time soon, though. He must have his eye on the World Cup getting into that yeah, yeah, Denmark yeah. squad, doesn't he? And if he can keep up the form he does from now until November, he probably went back against him playing there and fair play to the guy because he could have sat out and waited for England and maybe got a move to England, but... He's in there at Denmark and I just love watching him play. He's such a good player. He's got a bit of everything. He's athletic. He's got a nice touch. He gets about the pitch well. And How much do we pay for one and a half million? Some ridiculous anyway. Not <laughs> steel, enough. An absolute steal. <laughs> absolute robbery. Much like Hatate mm. and Maeda and Kyogo. All these guys were an absolute steal. And Greg Taylor. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Can we just... Greg. <laughs> 
you've got you've got to turn on the Instagram comments so we can tell you how much we love you. You can't comment on his Instagram unless you're a friend. I thought Greg Taylor was, I want to say typically brilliant, but it might be a wee bit too early to say that. But he's looking very very comfortable now in that role, that midfield role that, that Andrew's given him. Yeah, when he moves inside there, he receives the ball really well, and he's never been that fullback like Kieran Tierney that goes on the outside and beats a player and has pace and whips it in. So this system really does suit him mm. down to the ground the way he moves in there because he is good at passing, he's good at finding space. And I think he took the ball off Welsh. I think in, in the whole first half he took the ball off Welsh almost every single time. Every, Welsh gets the ball as Celtic recycle the play. Greg Taylor moved inside, took it in the feet, turned and played it to Maeda or Joe or however, whoever was on his outside there every single time. Yeah, he's he really, looks so comfortable. He does. He, he's comfortable on the ball, but at the same time, he's one of these guys. Even when when Celtic weren't doing well, he never shut away from receiving the ball. He's always looking to get on mm. it. He's always trying to do something, even though he's not, not the most creative. And I've always said it over the years: uh, competition kills complacency. He's got a four million pound Argentinian wonder kid mm. on his back here, ready to take his position. And this is. This is the thing with Celtic, when you looked at Greg Taylor or Juranovic, a couple of bad games, well, there's players on the bench sitting there who are going to take your place and who are good enough. And when you look at the, the first 11, they're going, that's a very strong team. But also, five subs, all good. And mm. there was four subs on there. Like, well, they could have made an impact. And there's players that didn't even make the squad. So this having players in here now that can take these guys is probably going to raise the level because again Matt O'Reilly if he doesn't perform well David Turnbull's sitting there Adam Moyes on the bench mm. as well these guys can come come on and make a difference and just the Greg Taylor that used to always say maybe a 6 or a 7 out of 10 he's starting to push that up by his own standards and starting to give him you know, this is what we're going to be judging him on now I think everybody has changed their opinion on him and rightly so not everybody no no, no we did uh, we put out a tweet and they got the <laughs> usual oh he was okay he's not that great you just need to you need to stop clinging on to this people just sort of pick a bit of a bogeyman don't they and Greg Taylor's the bogeyman but Burnley's going to have to be A very very good and B a very quick learner if he's going to slot in the Angus system and, and have any desire of taking Greg Taylor's place, isn't he, Stephen? Yeah, uh, Bernabe has got he's got plenty of time. He's got plenty of time to adapt because it's no there's no urgency to get him into the mm. team. It's not a position we're crying out for, and that's credit to Greg Taylor that we've not we're not you know clamouring for this guy to come into the team because Greg Taylor's perfectly comfortable there. I mean, I don't want to sit here and be like the, the, make my view like the antithesis of others, but I just I don't Makes really know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really know what it would take for Greg Taylor to be fully accepted as like a really quite mm. good Celtic player. Is he perfect? No, I don't think he is, and I think it's it's quite unfair that he's constantly you know dug up for having a bad game against Bodo last year. Yeah. Last, I mean, quite a lot of people did, and we've all had. Like, he's he's. He's targeted, isn't he, Greg yeah. Taylor? Because even Aberdeen were shelling balls on top of him. That's everybody's tactic when they come yeah. to Celtic Park a lot of the time. And never shucks it either, does he? That's what I was about to say. He never shucks it. He's a wee bit shorter than me. He's 5'7". So I've got like... <laughs> got about six inches on him on, on Greg Taylor. Um, but he never gets bullied. He never shucks it. He puts the work in. No, and he's, he's under clear instructions as well to just not shell the ball up the pitch. For, for a long time, Scottish Scott football has suffered with having... Uh, left backs whose primary job was to just to boot it up down the line. Yeah. Like that was basically the nineties, the two thousands. That's basically what you do. You pick up the ball out wide and you boot it down the mm -hmm. line and let the winger chase it. But he's obviously the, the, this team 
they just don't do that unless it's a complete emergency and it's the, the the last resort is just to get rid of it. But he's very comfortable in playing in his own box and maybe it, he, he's doing like wee drag backs and all that, bringing yeah. drawn players in, knocking it past them, playing one twos. He's playing really well. Uh, he's he's been very very good for months now, from, spilling from one season into the next. He's had the had presumably a good preseason and has carried off, you know, picked up where he left off last season. He's he's there on merit. Bernabe will have to bide his time. And that's a good thing as well, because that guy has never played outside Argentina before. And we, you know, we expect him to play a part at some point. But if he plays 12 games, 12, 15 games this season, and Greg Taylor plays the rest, I think that's in a good, we're in a good spot in that position. It's nice this, bringing in new players and not having to fling them in at the deep end, yeah, because yeah. we've got qualifiers. And remember putting Starfield on after signing a couple of hours later against Hearts this <laughs> Kyogo, time. Last season, uh, Kyogo came off the bench. It, it was a wild time, but now we've got we've got a good settled team and we've got other players who you can see, right, I understand why we've signed them. They could be good players for us, but we're not having to fire them in and then make judgments on them quickly. Yeah. We can allow the time to... To adjust, like Stephen said. Well, he talks about options, Stephen. Um, there's a couple of wee positions in the pitch where you think Ange might have a bit of a either an embarrassment of riches or a bit of a selection issue, um, depending on what way you want to look at it. Hatati or David Turnbull's one. Now, I'm happy to go on record. I did say last season, you know, I've been wrong in the past once or twice. I mean, 300 odd podcasts, I'm bound to be wrong once or twice. <laughs> and I did say that I didn't think that. David Turnbull would be Ange's 100% if he could pick or any player would would he pick David Turnbull as perfect player for that role but uh, you said it watching the game you said we're, in, we're entering you almost a forgot territory with <laughs> yeah, David Turnbull we are. aren't we and was it you Melly that said you would probably start him over over Hatate so Stephen where do you lie on this? Uh, I, I don't have a one preference over another on the fence is where he sits yeah I'm, I'm right on the fence and I don't really have a preference I think David Turnbull deserves more credit than he gets though to be honest I think much like Greg Taylor I think David Turnbull I don't want to be totally reductive about it and say that it's because he signed from an, a Scottish club rather than a Japanese one maybe mm. that's a little bit more glamorous a little bit more exciting for people but David Turnbull's been brilliant for Celtic like, he's had an injury he, and picked him for Pretty much every game he was available for last season and, and then he missed two or three months. He got 10 goals last season, which is only two or three short of Jota, only a, mm. a handful short of Abada and Yakimakis as well. He's, he, he contributes massively and when he came on, everything looked a little bit more assured when he when he came off the bench at the weekend there as well. I was I was watching the, the highlights back. I was like, does he technically get an assist for Jota? Even though he fed him the ball like 40 yards from goal, he beat a player and yes. smashed it into the top. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, an, that's that probably kid? an assist. That, well, there you go. That's an assist. That's a goal contribution, mm. even though Jota did absolutely everything <laughs> on his own. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think Hattati is a good player, but watching the game there, like it was decent the first half, but he sort of in the, in the second half he's quite erratic with his passing still mm. and he's not got the excuses anymore of needing a break and all that and look well I still think he's a good player with Hattati I think you get an 8 out of 10 or above or 5 out of 10 yeah. there's no in between I'd agree with that with David Turnbull I just think he's more assured on the ball his passing's better because Hattati he, he tries to make things happen but the passes he gives away aren't ones that he's making things mm. happen for me. It's simple ones sometimes, whereas Turnbull, I just always think he's on the turn, looking to get into teams, he gets himself into very dangerous positions. And I think a midfield free of McGregor, Turnbull and O'Reilly has a really good balance to it. But look, it's a long season, we're going to need all these guys anyway. And having having these dilemmas, it's not as if we need to drop Hatati because he's on bad form or anything. It's just nice to have these options and change it up. Every once in a while. Speaking of options, do you think? Oh, did you want to come in again? No, on? but I was. I was just going to uh, put a bow on that by saying, look, Ange literally said during the week there that he doesn't have a first eleven. So any mm-hmm. other, any chat of what the best first eleven is kind of redundant. To be honest, we don't we don't have a first choice in every position. Generally, you'll have two or three players who will more often than not will play most games, if not all. Callum McGregor's one. Kyogo, I don't think comes into that category because Yakimakis is arguably, if not as good, then. Well, you're pushing them about well, effective. That's what yeah, well, that's what I've got here next because I think similar to the Turnbull and um, Hatati debate, I think there's a there's a Kyogo and Yakimakis debate, and I think people are a wee bit afraid to have it because the truth is, like you said, Yakimakis is effective, right? But I, I think that might be that sort of doing him a wee bit of a discredit, like almost like he's a blunt instrument, like he's a Chris Killen or one of these oh, useless very guys. Good, very good player. <laughs> the deadly just, Kiwi, Chris yeah, Killen. That we just throw up front <laughs> to do things. I think Kyogo's obviously the better footballer, but I thought Kyogo was very quiet against Aberdeen. Mm. And when, when Yakimakis came on, 
I felt more, I should have felt more likely to get a goal. And I'm starting to feel that way about Yakimakis. I'm a fan of him. I was a fan of him last season. And I, I definitely think there's a discussion there to be had, Stephen, about who's not, it's not who's the better player because it's, because Kyogo is the better footballer out of the two, but who, who's going to win you the game? Who's, who, who starts? Yeah, I, I don't, again, this is massively sitting on the fence, but I'm going to throw over to brother Brendy, brother mm. Brendan Rodgers, who once said the team that finishes the game is every bit as important as the one who starts mm. it. So Five both, subs helps yeah, that as well. Exactly. We can change literally half of our outfield team if things aren't going well. So, there is a place for both of them, not only in the squad, not only to start games, but there's a place for both of them in games. Now, I want to differentiate, I want to be clear about it. That's not me saying 4-4-2, <laughs> get it lumped up to Yakimakis for the flick-ons. I'm saying that both of them can play at least half an hour. It's about time that came back. Yeah, <laughs> I, it, it is. It is. More, is it, more strikers equals more goals, well, as we've a, always maintained. Uh, about time the big man, small man came back, for sure. But, but Yakimakis, going by the, the reception he gets when he comes off the bench, I'd say... like. He's maybe the most popular player we have. Like just going by the the crowd erupting every time his name but is. Read an underdog, out. Isn't I, I think so. I think he's just he's one of those guys that's really really easy to get behind. Oh, and see when you think about where he's come from, not not geographically, but having missed that penalty <laughs> against Livingston, yes, yes. whenever they thought he's an absolute donkey, <laughs> and the, the first few games he, he played, and then he, he was missing for months as well. Why have we signed this guy? They've gone from that to basically the most like the biggest cult figure, and that that sounds like I'm doing him a disservice, mm. but that's. Kind of, kind of how it's yeah. worked out for him not only a, a cult figure but a really good player but he's an extremely popular member of this squad you know? yeah, I think it's going to be there'll be different players for different games I mm. think in some away games Jack and Marcus will be more effective If for me if Jack and Marcus plays I think you play Ralston because I think he's got better delivery mm. than uh, Juranovic but again sometimes you can say Ralston's more effective than Juranovic because he, he, he does things differently so I think it's going to be look we've got the team that will start, but five subs there, all of good quality, they can come on and just just as well. Because Yogo, he's not that kind of player that is always involved in a game because mm. what we want to do is him push the defence back, create the space, and then get and then the chances. All he was missing from the game really was a chance. He had a couple, he just couldn't take them. It was just stretching the odd time. But if Kyogo scores, then we don't really talk about him. It wasn't even a bad game, but it was just quiet. Uh, just quiet. But that's up to us to create more chances for are him you, as well. Are you saying, Melly, that it's horses for courses? Or, as I once saw someone say online, horses for horses? <laughs> no, no, well, so what Melly's saying is uh, different players for different occasions. And what you're saying is the team that starts the game and the team that ends the game are both the same in your mind. So, you know, at one point, Lance, I'm going to have to press you for an, op <laughs> for an opinion on something. Like have, I, have I technically said that a game is more than one occasion? Yeah. Is that, is that basically Be what I've you're said? You're basically yeah. both just sat on the fence about it, right? You can't I, I'd always start Kyogo because I think he's the better player. Thank you, Melly. A player that you can't possibly have no opinion about is Jota. Oh, fantastic. Absolutely tremendous. I'm still pinching myself that we've got this guy for... Cut the hair, though. <laughs> Not sexy. Yeah. Uh, any comment I make on, on Jota's hair will be seen as bitter, right, of, yes. for, for very obvious <laughs> reasons. But no, no, no. I'm in, the, I'm in the best position to be commenting on that. It looks terrible, mate. Uh, it looks so, so it's it really is entering Zorovsky territory here <laughs> of weirdness. Uh, yeah, exactly. I know exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to this. But we are wrongly placed for this because I was at the game and there's a guy at the game and he had his young daughter with her with him rather and she was just like infatuated yeah, yeah. he's so handsome I'm like no he's how <laughs> on what oh, planet get comments about she's this. like look at his hair the, 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 so, the, so people I don't, what age is Jota 23 yeah. so maybe people that age think that's good hair but <laughs> 
Get it cut, lad. Um, anyway, get it shaved. Get that shaved. No, but uh, <laughs> fantastic player. Um, I think back to discussions we were having over the summer. Like, if you had to keep one, would it be Cameron Carter Vickers? Would it be Jota? We've managed to get both, but I, I made the case at the time that Cameron Carter Vickers was maybe the more important of the signings. But a guy like Jota, to have a guy as talented as that in your your squad, I mean, six and a half million or something mm. paid for him. He's worth four or five times that already if you were going and sign them. It's an absolute steal. I know it's many times more than we've paid for the likes of Hatate and all that, but everything scales up. That yeah. You talk about six-odd million for Jota, an absolute snip. And I, th I saw that Benfica fans are already cracking up about having sold him for, mm. for an absolute pittance as well. He was well. a bit of a star there. I mean, yeah, he had a yeah. reputation as a, in, in the youths. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we do that as well. Obviously, we we bum up uh, young, young, young... Yeah, quite a lot. And they, sometimes they don't amount to much. And, and quite often, years later, we're still talking ruin having let that guy go. Mm. But it just shows you, like, there's, there's talent out there. And Celtic have unearthed an absolute gem there. Six million is ridiculous for a player of that level. I would. I don't want to kind of spoil any kind of predictions or anything like that. But he's, if he keeps playing like that, he's player of the year material mm. straight away. I don't think that anybody can live with him on that kind of form. I, I, I really don't. I think he's already done a lot for Celtic. He's already scored in Europe. He's already scored against Rangers, and he's only getting better and better. I think since he's signed this permanent deal, I know it's only one competitive game in the preseason games, but it looks more. I don't know if it's just my perception, but he looks more confident now. He's trying mm, more yeah. things on the pitch. It's like, right, I'm here. I can relax. I can maybe express myself a wee bit is more. Is that a settled thing? Is that like Aye, a maybe. future's at least ironed out for now? It was all a little bit up in the air. It was a kind of, it was a loan, but with an option to buy. So there's the uncertainty there. There was a whole summer of Willie Won't He. There was a, the holiday of a lifetime that he was on. But now he's back. He's, his future is actually, his future sorted mm. for at least... I mean, a five-year contract, I don't expect him to see that out, but he's not really under any pressure now. Another he, guy with a nice long contract. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love the guy. I think I think you're maybe right. There is something in that, like that sort of, not pressure, but that maybe that wee weight off the shoulder of maybe knowing, will I be here, won't I be here? But after seeing him last season winning the league and you thought, see if we can get this guy, like... I was always of the opinion that it would be Jota for me if it was mm. one of the two out of them because I, I just don't see... Celtic without him now, Cal McGregor, Carter Vickers, Joe Hart, Jota, all first names in the team sheet for me. When you're looking at Celtic, you go, these guys need to play because they're what makes Celtic tick. And it's, and it's not just that, like McGregor and Carter Vickers are good to watch because of what they do. But Jota's why you love football. A guy that takes players on, a guy that has a bit of tricks and all that. Ange did say towards the end of the first half, about 30, 35 minutes, Celtic lost a wee bit of control of the mm. game and he said Jota was maybe doing things wrong. I think wrong. he called him a culprit. Yeah. And he called him one of the culprits. So I think Ange will obviously keep him on board, but just when you're there and you think, going to the game at the weekend, you think, oh, get to see Jota playing. Like, you know what I'm like with a wee winger like that. Mm. It's great to see him. And look, he's adding more things to his game, but again does score important goals for Celtic. He's this him scoring all four times he's played against Aberdeen as well. So he's getting one of those guys that has teams he likes to play against mm -hmm. already. And I'm I'm just delighted we've got him and Carter Vickers because I think I look at the sort of nucleus of this team and even the squad, I'm going, if we don't sign MD else, it's not a big deal. We are good. It's just the only thing is because Jota he's irreplaceable. If if he goes out the team, we do lack that wee bit of creative spark out wide. But 
Yeah, it's just not going to get another chota. Well, it's not. It's not just you or I or us or anything. Anyone within the sound of my voice at the moment mm. that talk about wanting a winger like that. It's a very Celticy thing to have yeah, a winger yeah. like that, and they're not easy to come by. As football becomes more tactical, more controlled, more analytical, more numbers based, and all that, more and more all the time, there's not really an awful lot of room left for that level of expression in the games mm. guys who are going to go out there and do tricks go out there and beat players for the sake of it go out there and nutmeg a guy just purely for the entertainment value that doesn't often happen so again I mean I'm, all I'm doing is reinforcing the point I've made already that to get a guy like that for six odd million and I've, I don't regret having made the the wild comparisons last season about how He's maybe the first guy we've had like that since the Canio. Mm. A guy who's completely unpredictable, can play anywhere, can score goals, can take people on, can get people you know, kind of off their seat and all that. An absolute steal. What a find. Um, it was good to see John Hayes back at Celtic Park, uh, reminding us. For the, one for the dads, yeah, yeah it was good to see him back. Reminding us uh, with that miss why, <laughs> why we got shot. That was a shocker. It really was. I wasn't aware at the time of how Nor bad was it was. I just I was aware from from where we sit on the halfway line on the in the north stand. I was aware that someone was close in and put it past the post. I was convinced they'd scored because of the mm. way the ball kind of went past the post. Right, I was convinced they'd scored. It wasn't until I saw the highlights back. I thought, oh, that's a that's Chalk a badging. That's a badging, Johnny. Because no, if see if he'd, he was under pressure. It was one of those ones. Hatati wasn't he? He wasn't. He's, he's quite bad for that. Doesn't he chase his man back mm -hmm. into the box? Right. That's that's something we worked on. But see if he was under pressure. Somebody snapping at his heels, pulling his jersey, and he managed to get a toe on it, and it went wide. He'd be like, ah, fair enough. But he took a touch, mm. steadied himself, and then just bent it in the post. So thanks, Agent Johnny, for <laughs> for keeping us in this title race. <laughs> it was a really poor one from us. Aberdeen didn't deserve a goal. I thought Celtic were quite controlled, but that was that around that time where Ange was talking about where we let them into the game ever so slightly but that chance but apart from that Joe Hart had a couple of save one save when mm. it hit off Cal McGregor yeah. and nearly win but apart from that look Celtic are controlling these games and it happened so much in uh, towards the end of last season from 22 2022 right up to now like Celtic don't look like conceding goals because they don't concede a lot of chances and when you're saying about Aberdeen could maybe come out, aye, I wish they would. Mm. But at the same time, it's a big ass going up against this Celtic team because we're bloody good at football. Uh, just speaking about options, Stephen, uh, Aaron Moy came on um, to make his competitive debut for Celtic. It looked a bit like he was towing a caravan. He's, yeah, yeah. he's clearly not still up to fitness. But one thing that intrigued me and then seeing subsequently the news after, it was no place for James McCarthy mm. in the matchday squad whatsoever. So it looks like any squads that he was involved in, Aaron Moe's probably going to take his place there. And subsequently, it's come out that, that James McCarthy's probably looking for a move away for Celtic now. So they've probably had a conversation, and it's no surprising, is it? No, I, I, mean, I don't have any particular insight on this. This is purely just a guess. But Mikey Johnston wasn't in the squad either, mm. and the suggestion has been that they're looking for a club. Well, not not even a suggestion. The, the, the yeah. literal statement is that they're trying to find him a club to go and play a bit of football this season. So I would maybe hazard a guess that anyone who has a chance of a move just now isn't involved in the squad. And that includes Julian, that includes McCarthy and, and Mikey Johnson, none of none of whom were involved. <laughs> what about Ayeti, come on. <laughs> yeah, Ayeti. You almost have forgot. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I feel like we need to keep talking about him every couple of podcasts, <laughs> right? Because you do forget he exists. Oh, you through. forget he's at the club. Forgetty Ayeti. Yes, <laughs> that's it. Uh, yeah. uh, James McCarthy... It's clear now. It's clear now that he has a has no place, has no value to the squad whatsoever. Because you look at the squad, very very strong in midfield, but 
we've got rid of a few sorrows away and you know, a number of other players have left, not necessarily in that position. But Idiguchi got a bad injury uh, during the week there at training. So he's not in the squad and neither is James McCarthy. So no. he's still not in the squad, despite the fact we've lost Idiguchi, who all the fans, including us, all talk about as being competition for the same position. He's out of the squad and James McCarthy still isn't there. So it's it's clear that he doesn't really have any, any worth to this squad. He's a good player, of course he is, but I can't help but feel that had Celtic not stepped in, and whoever was in charge of the, the transfer, I don't know, there's been a lot of speculation on that. Had Celtic not stepped in and offered him a wild contract, he'd be at Sunderland or something. Yeah. You know, that seems like a sensible career path for a guy like that, who's who's played at a very high level his whole career, but it, he's, he's clearly not really got what, whatever it was that kept him at that level. Um, and I think he'd, he'd, he'd probably belongs in like the championship or something. Yeah, I must admit, Melly, I'm quite surprised that his contribution being so low because he was a good player. And although oh, yeah. he came to us with injury problems, he, he wasn't he 37, 38. Do you know what I mean? There, there seemed to be some more miles on the, the clock that, well available. Yeah, McCarthy's looking a very strange deal after... After coming in, but we need to remember that we didn't have any players at this point, so <laughs> it might have just been needs must. But with Moy coming in, he can play number six or eight, so his uh, his role on the bench makes more sense. Mm. He is versatile. I think we spoke about that last week, but uh, it's an annoying one with McCarthy because I really wanted that transfer to work out because I think he, I always liked him as a player. Always thought it would be good to have him at Celtic, and like, he's a Celtic fan. He's obviously wants to make it work and. Him having this pre-season that he didn't have last season, you thought, right, if he's going to get a chance, this is it this season. And it just doesn't look like it's going to happen mm. for him. And again, no harm to the guy. It's just it's like Celtic talking about bringing in this defensive midfielder. And look, we brought in McCarthy and we brought in Adiguchi and they haven't played because our captain plays in that position and yeah. need enough plays every week. So I mean, I mean, Carl McGregor could be sitting on a deck chair by the side of the pitch in that game. He just, yeah. it was... It's such an easy shift for him. Exactly, just he keeps it ticking over and if they are going to stick a man on him, brilliant, that leaves somebody else free. Mm. But it's just a pity with McCarthy, it's one of those ones you're looking at and he's going, look, he's missed a lot of football over his career, he's probably going to want to play. Signing for Celtic, just no worked out, has mm. it? And you know, harm him, you wish him the best of luck if he does go, but I'd, I'd be happy to see him stay because... If something weird happened to Carl McGregor, I wouldn't have any qualms about him coming in there, but it just never seemed like the right fit at Celtic for him in this system. And I just always come back to it. Look, Carl McGregor's going to play. He's not going to want to take rest or that. He's not that type of player. So having a guy there that's not going to play football at his age isn't ideal. It's no, this game sort of showed you, Stephen, didn't it, that we don't need that defensive midfielder. We just don't. No. He's not, or if we do sign him, when's he going to play? I, I, for the most part, I just don't think we need one. Of course, the, again, I, I think I made this point last week as well. Yeah, you could say that we need them for the Champions League, but who is that? Who, what's the profile well, of a guy it. who comes here just to play in the Champions League? Just the shoulder bars, Kevin De Bruyne off the ball a couple Mind of times. Uh, Rangers were going to buy Ronaldo and just play with the Champions <laughs> yeah, League. That's a, a deep cut for, for the teenagers there as <laughs> oh, well. Geez, that was, a, was that a daily record headline? Uh, that was a daily record scoop. First, that was the daily record scoop in the 90s yeah. when Rangers hit it big when they first started spending big. <laughs> there was a famous double splash. If we can find an image of it, we might put it up here on the, the YouTube. It was a famous double splash about this team Rangers were going to sign and famously Ronaldo. The Ronaldo <laughs> was going to be signed exclusively right, right. to play in Champions League games. A team for Europe and a team for yep. Scotland. Yep. Do, you know who would remember, do you know who would remember that? David Martindale. <laughs> Probably vividly remember he's probably he was either in the stand or in the jail during the Rangers nine or aye, aye, David Martin, what a 
What a little toad he's been this week, eh? We, just Tav does what Tav does. No, David, that's not how opposition managers are supposed <laughs> to speak about the team that just beat them. Do you think uh, Do you think we could get any... Um, I know our podcast's a bit, a bit more highbrow than the Battle Fever podcast, but any, any Celtic-minded managers we could think we get in here? Oh, that's a good Jim point. Goodman. Yeah, Aye, Goodman. Good, yeah. Look at I got him. He Eddie Howe. Eddie, <laughs> Eddie Howe. <laughs> right. uh, I mean, David Martindale, he's basically just... He's like... Chick Young with a clipboard now or Chick mm. Young with a tactics board. That's what he's basically become. It's when the it comes most to the pinpot thing Aye. I've ever seen. A <laughs> Premier League manager going on a Rangers fans podcast and he was interviewed in his Livy office and he was just on there to deny about how he's a Rangers fan and blah, blah, blah. The most tinpot thing ever. And since you mentioned Chick Young, his post match analysis of the Celtic game was, abs- was even Ange was like, oh, I don't know so uh, much about that first game of the season Chick Young's just letting Ange know he's there he played a tile five years ago what's he still doing uh, look you can say that about absolutely every guy that's on every Ange, boomer on BBC Sports Ange and felt his presence didn't he was, even Willie Miller yes. the absolutely dour Willie Miller was like Chick Young's managed to make that game sound close somehow <laughs> there weird interview he kept asking him about how it stopped just short of asking Ange how it went off the rails at Aye. the end of this 2 0 cruise it, to it victory. Didn't go on your own way, Ange's like, oh, I don't know, mate. You know, if every game goes that way, I'd be quite happy about it. Exactly. Where were we? Oh, yes, defensive yes. midfielders about five minutes ago. Yeah, I just I, I watched that game and I thought, right, I, I actually literally heard someone at the game shout, This is suicidal, right? And it was mm. because Joe Hart came out of his box, but the ball was like 80 yards away or something like that. <laughs> the ball wasn't the corner flag. <laughs> this is suicidal. But it got me thinking about how, like, if, if we have a defensive destroyer in that team, those two things are, are counter, you know, counterintuitive, aren't they? Like having a guy who breaks up the play miles away back, but also your keeper yeah. has pushed out as well. If we were expecting to have to deal with a number of breakaways you wouldn't have your keeper come out of the box in the first place so I I just don't think that you know a defensive midfielder is on the cards or certainly not one of the the big you know the big physical dominant profile that is often spoken of now well if uh, McCarthy was to go do you think we would bring somebody in then because get Adiguchi you've got Moy that can play there I know you kind of want two players for every position but I think it'd be on a fair wage but I don't know if we'd bring somebody in that position but I, I think if, if if McCarthy goes and Mikey Johnson goes I think we need to, we need to bring in a winger anyway mm, but yeah. that frees up a decent amount of cash there to bring in a, a fairly competent guy perhaps on loan Because if we got if uh, McCarthy left along with Julian and Ayeti you're looking at the, that I know it's not everything but that is a hefty lot of wages we are paying players that really don't contribute at all I mean yeah. if if we hadn't signed McCarthy last season, would it have made much difference? Mm, no. he, he did all right in the games he came in, I thought. But at the same time, him and Adiguchi, would we be any worse off if we hadn't signed one of them? Probably not. No. Nah, not not at this point. New strip launched. New strip dropped today. Um, the third kit looks very much like a third kit, doesn't it? Yeah. The third kits are always a bit easily identifiable as the third kit. Uh, Training top vibes again, again, kind of happens from the third kit as well. Mind that New Balance one that was like, I think you might have it, it was like a luminous green. I can't yeah, remember yeah, what year it came I out. Do, and I do have that, yeah. We were like convinced it was a, it was supposed to be a training top, it's got that look about it. Only the bold was the, um, oh no, the luminous green one, Aye, the luminous yeah. green one. That uh, was Dembele, I remember. Yeah, that's different to the kind of black and yellowy, green yeah, thing. Yeah, I've got that as well. I can remember Lustig scoring a brace in mm. a, was it a semi-final Oops. or something like that? Uh, I remember him uh, scoring a couple in that. But th- this new one, 
I like it. I, a, I think it's a sleeper. I, I, it was pretty instant with me. I, actually, the, the home one that came out this season, the first couple of pictures I saw of it, you know, the leaked pictures. Yeah. Comes out, it, some, it looks like if somebody's left it in the floor somewhere and you're like, oh, I don't know about that. But I, this one, I think, looks looks really good, to be honest. I, I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, ah, that's a that's it, a beezer. Definitely going to be one of those strips, a bit like a few of the away New Balance ones like, that weren't so popular at the time. And then you look back and you go, I wish I got that. Yeah, Growers, I, yeah. I, I think it's fine. It, the, the two strips we've already had out are crackers for mm -hmm. me. So to get another one like that would be very difficult. But decent enough. Looks It obviously looks better when you see the proper photos when it's been dropped rather than the just leaked photos. But... Decent strips this season, can he grumble at that? I when, like the wee pattern on the. I like the it. Sleeve. Again, it doesn't really reference anything, I don't think, or maybe it'll come out that it's actually. Apparently, oh. it's like a geometric representation of Celtic, Celtic Park, Park, like the kind of. Oh, is it? Pillars oh, and right. Yeah. I see. Apparently. Very clever. Very Sorry, clever. They, they probably just they made it and then came up with that after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> they came up with that. Melly, when's the Champions League draw? I'm getting impatient. Uh, the 25th of August, I think it is. Thursday, it's now. a Thursday at five o'clock. Yeah. yeah not that I'm counting down. No, not long now. And uh, that's probably a good place to bring this podcast to an end. Thank you so much to everyone who watches and listens. If you want to support this podcast, if you want extra content, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims is where you can find that. We do podcasts and writing and videos and, and all that great stuff. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.